welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. Each week, we share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Life is messy enough. Why not laugh along the way? On this podcast, we embrace life's chaos through authentic conversation. You never know if you'll laugh or cry, and neither do we. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. Welcome back. <laughs> That's about how oh, there was a lot of hand signals oh, happening again. Did amazing. you push the button? We, and I was not prepared. I was about to do a throat clear. Oh, and I, then you look at me like, where's the welcome? I, I thought I asked you to start. Did I? Or was that in my you head? You did. But okay. then I turned to clear my throat and I didn't see that you started it. Oh, so I'm anyway, so welcome back to Ridiculously <laughs> Perfect, friends. everyone. Truly. Oh my gosh. We have a guest. Yes. Yay. We're so excited to have our friend Saul in the podcast room. Yes, this is me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am so uh, excited and honored to be part of this podcast. I know you guys have been working um, at this for a while. Uh, it's been a dream of both of you guys and just even how the inception happened and the dreams of it coming together and just how you guys told each other was yeah. awesome. And I was like, I, I want to be part of it. I want to be Yay. in the room. But also just what the platform that you guys provide for, for conversations is, is awesome. Thank you. You're yeah. gonna make me cry. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, that took we we talked off mic that this was gonna get deep, and I mean we're there. <laughs> yeah, it's just dig right in. Soul has uh, arrived. Okay, so uh, we met you through our church. Yes, and I honestly can't remember the very first time I met you, but I know for certain you were in high school. Definitely was. But I don't <clears throat> remember like. You know, a lot of times you can remember the first time you met, like Kelsey remembers distinctly the first time she met Jacob, yeah. which have we ever shared that story? No, probably not. Oh, it's so I funny. I think about it often. Will you share it really quick? Cause it's just really yeah. funny. Okay. So <laughs> I was teaching the like pre-K class at, uh, at school, at church <laughs> and Danica happened to be in my class that day. And so we're playing and she didn't, she chose not to participate like in the activities that we were doing. She just wanted to color. And I'm like, knowing okay, her, that's shocking. That's fine. <laughs> and I hadn't met her before this. So I knew, you know, a lot of the other kids. And so I'm like, she's like, yeah, I just want to color. So we get her set up. She's happy as can be. And all the parents start coming to pick him up. And Jacob walks in and sees that his daughter sitting alone coloring. Oh my gosh. And he walks up to me and he's like, why is she sitting over here by herself? And I was like, because she wanted to like he's yeah. this tall guy you know and i just i will never forget that and then i don't know how long after it was that we actually met that chelsea introduced us i think it was a little a little bit of time because we didn't know yeah. people for a while and so i know jacob like we were coming from a different church and we were excited there's there was actually kids here uh-huh. and so then i i just know that he was like well why is she alone right so <laughs> and but like i don't he didn't I remember that happening. and That's i don't so think i said that story for quite a while i didn't know that story until about two years ago yeah and so, yeah. <laughs> I so kelsey apparently just sat on that information I for did. a while and i remember chelsea's like well i want you to i'm gonna introduce you to um this new family emily and jacob and then seeing them and i'm like oh <gasps> Oh my gosh, I don't know if he likes me. She was in my class. No, no, I'm really bad at remembering when and where I met people first. Like, uh, my girlfriend Alexa, like, I I don't remember the instance that I saw her or, like, was like, this is my first conversation with her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think by then. So much of my relationships are based on the substance of it. Mm-hmm. And so very few times do you have substance again, like at the first meet. That's a and really so good point. It's only true. after a yeah. while that I'm like, oh, wow, there was substance there. And then I'll remember that. Yeah. Um, I do this weird thing where I'm at restaurants or other places and I remember the conversations I was having with the right people. So if that's how I remember the taste of food too. Yeah. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, I'll go to El Toro, which is like down the street. And I'm like, that's a good place. But it's only because there have been good conversations there. Yeah. Every place that I probably have a negative bias towards, it's probably because I didn't have a good experience relationally and less food. Because I'm rarely thinking about the food when I'm with people eating. Yeah. It's so much like, what are we talking about? 
what is how's the chemistry gonna be yeah and the food comes so this is exactly why i asked several times (laughs) emily what are we gonna talk with him about because he's so deep i gotta prepare (laughs) i told him the other day i'm like i gotta prepare i gotta think of all these questions because he's gonna come Uh, in our podcast room and now he's gonna compare me to a bad meal or something (laughs) (laughs) definitely mcdonald's No, by well, no then I'd be Jacob's oh favorite. Yeah, yes. right. It is Jacob's favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love so that. Funny. So it yeah. is so true. Same with me with like smells of things. Oh yeah. I'm like, you know, I smell something. There's one in particular, and I don't know if it's like a lotion or perfume. Must have been my mom wore it when I was super mm-hmm. sick as a kid in the mm-hmm. hospital. And still when that yeah. Yep. smell comes up I am like right back in I the will hospital not, bed I will not eat a McChicken because the last time I was sick well when I was nine I got sick and threw yeah. up that night and the night before I, I had like a McChicken the last time you had mm-hmm. a, yeah, the night, last time nine. I was nine <laughs> yeah. no 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 definitely not but yeah I same with Emily remember chicken do you eat oh, chicken yeah. not at all no I love chicken it's oh, okay. the best food oh. in the world well, yes I Hot would take. argue that but <laughs> after filet mignon but <laughs> oh well yeah that's the best food so that doesn't surprise me at all that that's what resonates with you is the just like what does this relationship mean to me versus what's what's the story about how we met so that's that's really fun so apparently doesn't matter how we met because he doesn't care (laughs) but to your point yes i was pretty much in high school yes yeah so uh i know it was through worship team yes because we're on worship team together and so I just, I didn't get an opportunity to know you very well until you were in college because you would come back. Yes. Um, it was, did you ever move back in the summers or? Yeah. So yeah, I moved back, uh, okay. lived with my parents in the summers and okay. then would go because I, I always found internships in Kansas City because okay. I wanted to make some money to spend in New York. Uh, and then, so the idea of doing an internship in another city to just get stipend and pay for the housing and stuff i was like i'm gonna break even by the end of the summer so i, I always made it a priority to find yeah. internships here in the okay city. so Smart. then it's definitely when you were home from college so uh if you can't tell already saul is incredibly brilliant mm-hmm. he's is, isn't he our only <laughs> ivy league friend did we probably establish going that? back to the smartest person you know <laughs> question <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my he's my person uh. <laughs> Thank you guys. Definitely yeah. So, yeah. I can point we, you to so many other, but yeah. <laughs> More well, smart. For us dum dums, we only no, have our you. circle no. is very yeah. small. We only have you as our only Ivy League oh friend. Actually, I, I think that's the Hopefully case. we didn't offend anybody. There are probably <laughs> others, I'm sure. Yes, if you are friends with us and you went to an Ivy League school. I apologize for not remembering. We're very that, proud of you, and we love you yes, too. Yeah, and everybody is smart, and we are not dumb. That's I was right. making a joke. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit? I know we alluded to your Ivy League school, but can you tell us about uh, just a little bit about you? Like, yeah. So um, I was uh, born in Mexico, with and my parents, uh, my both my parents and I were born in Mexico. In 1993, we moved to the United States, moved to Kansas City. Um, in 2000, my sister was born. Um, she is t- four years younger than I am. Um, and then in 2005, my youngest sister was born as well. So we we're kind of each four or five years apart. Um, lived in Kansas City all my life um, here in the suburbs. And then um, in high school, I was uh, middle school and high school, I was really part of um, engineering groups and technology groups. And so mm-hmm. I really did want to pursue the engineering route. Um, and I knew that, I more than that, I really connected with engineer, engineer-minded people. And I always wanted to do more of the, the relational, maybe people and, and uh, the people part of that job. But in order to do that, I had to do the, the actual engineering work. <laughs> so I uh, buckled down, did that. And then um, through God opening doors, literally, um, he allowed me to go to, to Columbia in, in New York City. And so, from 2014 to 2018, I got my Bachelor's of Science in Mechanical Engineering. Um, after gr- I graduated, I came back to Kansas City, um, or often I say I was sent back to Kansas City, <laughs> <clears throat> but that's where I found, um, gosh, what's been one of the most incredible blessings in my life, my job, and it really came out of a place of prayer once, uh, two summers before that, um, and me trying to find an internship in the Kansas City area that would do medical devices. And kid you not, I was in the prayer room of our church and heard God say, do you want it? 
And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he said, all right, go get it. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he said, no instruction. That's, that's kind of what it was. Yes. Yep. And so, I, cr- crazy me, um, I looked this place up and went to the address and I knocked and I was like, Seriously? are you guys interested in having an intern next summer? And this was like December of, of 2016, uh, going into 2017. And um, they were like, um, sh- like, they didn't know how to answer that. <laughs> I mean, they were a small company. So had it been a bigger one, I probably would be like, there's a process to this. Yeah. But I saw on their website, they were just like, it was a little, it felt very, it's not a startup, but it felt very startup-ish. And so... I was like, here's my resume, whatever. And then in a couple of days, like, um, who would then be my manager ended up interviewing, not really interview, but it was like a soft come into the office, see what we're about. Uh, let's see what you're about. And so we clicked, we made, um, we made good connections there. And then, um, he offered me an intern position that summer. And then upon graduating in May of 18, then he offered me uh, a full-time position. And so he was the, I'm a test systems test engineer there. And so he was the manager at that point and I was his first hire, which is awesome. He's now the director of engineering at the company. Nice. It's yeah. It just genuinely full of great relationships and um, just being able to see God's faithfulness there. Is awesome. So that's so cool. That's only a little bit of my story, of course. But you mentioned about, God, I feel like when God gives us a prompting or a vision, it's comparable to IKEA instructions. Mm-hmm. Like it's like pick, it's like a end product, and then a couple random like visual pictures that don't make any sense at all, mm-hmm. and then you're like, uh, "What am I supposed to do with this?" Yeah, a lot of it's <laughs> so, intuitive, a lot of it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you knocked on their door because yeah. that. That's bold right there. Yeah, I mean, and now looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, that's that's insane. It's just, yeah. Well, I, was the, in, sorry, was the internship in the summers, was that required for your degree or was that just by nope. choice because you wanted to make money? And, yeah, like, I wanted okay. to, uh, to use those summers <laughs> wisely and just be in an engineering office. I had had internships since my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So I entered at Black and Beach that summer and then those, the, two summers the first two summers in college i entered at u.s engineering which they're mechanical contractor and then this last the my between junior and senior year i did uh where i'm now at full time so internships definitely were were like a way to make money and growing up in a in a hispanic household i didn't get the chance to just relax in the summers that's not a thing you're doing work (laughs) you're making money and then it didn't help i i also knew my standard my standard of life and lifestyle (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, I can't afford to not. So Saul is, uh, I don't want to call you a fashionista because I feel like that has like a feminine Eh, undertone, but you are style. I love style and and design. I think anything that has, you know, the creative element. And what's funny is the more I'm getting to know you, which I feel like I know you very well, but initially I thought New York did that to you, but then I came to find out like, it's this stuff mattered to you yeah. in high school and yes. growing up but then it was new york and def- definitely <laughs> unlocked it you know it's you know being around spaces where there is more creativity to express yourself or to say hey i actually really care about color schemes in a house <laughs> before then like i couldn't you know it, it was like oh that's something that only girls do and it's like yeah i don't think so like no um colors were created by god i don't think god has a preference if he made female and male equal right um so out of that um yeah new york really opened up i think a lot of what wasn't wasn't fully revealed but even to to this day what i tell people like eight to five i use my right side of the brain after 5 p.m i use my left side all the time and that's evident in music and how Mm -hmm. i feel music and how i play and just how much music means to me um and then just other outlets that i express creativity in Love it. So awesome. to that point, fashion. Let's talk fashion. Let's yes, talk about yes. <laughs> your newest endeavor. Yes. So um, my newest endeavor is DLO. Um, it is something that I co-founded with our good friend, Jason Ricewig. And that came out of a place back in 2019. I just, I had a list of hobbies that I would do regularly. And I wrote down that list 
because I'm like, I can't just be doing these hobbies meaninglessly. Like, I kind of want one of these or two to, to cross over and have some intention. Um, and so I wrote down, like, soccer or tennis, um, you know, reading or uh, playing racquetball or um, bringing awareness to mental health, emotional health, which is a really funny deviation here or sidetrack is I was sitting in my first semester of senior year in college and I had to take non-technical electives and so many people were like you should take psychology to take psychology and I was like yeah I don't know it doesn't sound interesting I'm like fine easy a I'm sitting through those first classes and I have never felt the same way I do about psychology than I did in engineering. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I chose the wrong major. Um, (laughs) But at that point, I mean, I I followed through, graduated. And I think I came to my, I came to to my senses and and said, I think there's a lot of interest there in the psychology fact of knowing yourself, studying yourself, knowing your motives, why you're, why you're feeling good, why you're feeling happy, what's your hopes, what's your dreams, Mm -hmm. fears, all of that uh, personality tests. That was really interesting to me, but I, I, when it came to engineering, I saw it as a way to leverage those relational career leadership things that I know I wanted to go into engineering for. Mm-hmm. And so really uh, after college, I did a lot of reading and podcasting, listening and um, and understanding just how people talk about their emotions, how people talk about the state of their mental health, um, especially amongst Hispanics. That's not something that's talked about. And then even more amongst men. That's just mm-hmm, not something right. that people are comfortable talking about. And, and I don't think it's a, it's a female versus male conversation. I think it's just the spaces that females allow for those to happen are a lot more ample and more graceful than the spaces that, that men can. Often, we're just, as guys, we just follow, what are they doing? Just follow suit, status mm-hmm. quo. And the more men that we have who are bold about talking about how they feel or, or what they're all of these things that I just described, um, not only are there better friends to one another, they're better spouses, they're better partners, they're better sons, they're better fathers. Um, and so there was that importance of like, I, I really want to bring awareness. I really want to have, find those group of guys around me who are comfortable to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to continue to not say something about something that I'm talking or feeling or, or thinking. And so that was part of the list of things and, and style and fashion were in there too. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I really, there's always been that desire to design clothing for for a purpose. But I'm like, I don't want to be a purposeless clothing company. Like, I don't want to have something else that, that doesn't, like an apparel. And so I immediately saw mental health, mental health and emotional health and the clothing and married those two together. And I was like, what if there was a brand and uh, apparel that brought awareness to, um, to, mental, to mental health, to emotional health? And, you know, proceeds would then go to places that are already miles away um, in the progress towards normalizing that in our community. And so because of the closeness of our friendship, uh, Jason and I, we, I mentioned it to him. We talked about it and he recommended something out of the blue. He was like, I love that. I love the, the heart behind that. He recommended, why don't you start with something more that you're expert in, something that maybe right off the bat, you have a level of confidence that you're stepping into. He's like, why don't you consider bringing awareness to the immigration stories in the United States? Not only just in the United States. So he he mentioned the United States and immediately I took it, the suburbs. And Mm -hmm. because when I was at, when I was in New York, an immigrant in LA and an immigrant in Kansas City are two different things. Yeah, There's different aspects. There's different taboos. You know, people were a lot more bold to talk about their immigration status or the immigration experiences where I was, I grew up here being told, you know, you don't, you don't talk about that. Yeah. You don't bring that up because that's how you're going to get treated. That's how you're going to be seen. That's how you're going to be honored. Um, a very formative part of my story came in fifth grade and Laura Bush um, came to our elementary school to honor the top 10 students in the district with community service. And so three weeks before that, I volunteered a lot in church. And so three weeks before that, um, my teacher came up to me and she's like, hey, you're one of those top 10. You're going to have the opportunity to be in the ceremony with Laura Bush in front of um, 
the entire school district and basically just hark on the importance of community service and giving back. And so super excited about it. It was awesome. Two days before the ceremony, my teacher came up and she was like, hey, so do you have do you have a social security number? Oh. And at the time, I mean, I'm a fifth grader, right? I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And so the teacher calls my mom and my mom had to say, yeah, no, he, he doesn't. Um, and she had to break the news. Like, unfortunately, you won't be part of that ceremony because of Secret Service. They needed to know and run background checks on people. Oh, I was wondering security. why. Oh. You're kidding. And I'm sitting there. I do remember this. I'm sitting there while the ceremony is happening and just like... I obviously felt something was wrong with my parents and just like their frustration. Mm. And I knew they were probably shielding me from something. And then the day after I had a lot of the Hispanic kids in my school write me letters and just say, Hey, you're valuable. You're important. Like, I'm sorry for this. And part of me was like super confused. And I'm like, what's, is there something wrong? Like, I, I, I think I understood, right? Yeah. Because up till, up until then, like we were told, don't tell anyone about your status. Yeah. Or, um, and in that moment, I mean, just my, my mom was so key in reminding me, you can take this two other ways. This can deflate you or this can continue to keep you soaring. And so that's what I did. And you know, her seeing the opportunities or lack of opportunities for people like us here in the United States, that still to this day exist. Um, she chose to believe that this was a place that rewarded hard work somehow, somewhere. She didn't know how, where or point to, but that was the only thing that she told me to do is continue getting A's and take out the trash. Those were my two choices, <laughs> <laughs> get A's and take out the trash. Um, and so I did, and I found it, uh, I'm competitive in nature, so that helped with the, with the academics. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have an opportunity to quote-unquote be documented here in this country legally until 20, 2012. Mind you, college applications start 2013. 2012, the Obama administration basically got tired that Congress wasn't doing anything for, uh, for undocumented immigrants here in the United States. And his heart was definitely towards minors who maybe didn't have a choice in coming mm -hmm. here, et cetera, which to, to be very clear, I do not hold my parents whatsoever responsible or guilty to that. I think there's a lot of misconception when that topic comes up, like, yeah. oh, parents, you know, how dare you bring your children back um, into the United States and impose onto them this lifestyle. When in reality, like, fast forward, I'm going to, sneak peek, but earlier this year, they had the opportunity to go back to Mexico after 22 years of not being able to go back. And it was incredible to see them realize that they did that decision and it was the best decision they could have made for our family. Wow. But to grow up with that pressure yeah. for 22 years of like, we have succumbed our kids to this or Saul, right? Cause my sisters were born here. And so mm -hmm. they had status that I, that I didn't. So in 2012, the Obama administration draws out DACA, which is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Basically, it's saying, hey, we're, oh, we're saying, come clean. We'll do a background check on you guys. We'll basically like say, now we see you, but instead of following our process of deporting you, we're deferring that action. So every two years, you're coming back and doing another background check, paying $500. If you do it by yourself with attorney, it's probably... 1500 every two years and you do background checks biometrics anything as simple as like speeding tickets can be reason for them to not continue to give you that deferred action and mm -hmm. so then you become undocumented whenever your your permit expires so 2012 i applied got accepted um, or they deferred action on me and um the year after i was able to apply for colleges um had it been two years after, I don't think so. I don't know, right? The, that's very different. And so, um, thankfully, now the Ivy Leagues, which is something that I love, is they don't they don't ask for citizenship status anymore. Um, at that time, they did for like residents versus um, citizens, mm. which was really interesting because I had a friend who got into Brown and same track as I did, same year, DACA, but when they asked like, what is his status? 
or what is yeah he he put international instead of because the only options were international citizen or permanent resident daca is not a permanent residency it's a temporary residency so there wasn't that option i took the gamble and said i'm putting permanent residency we both get in we both get accepted because he's international brown doesn't offer financial aid for internationals it only offers it for permanent residents and citizens mm -hmm. so he ended up not being able to like revise his application and drove four years to ku back and forth um oh. and yeah which is so heartbreaking but knowing him now it's like the character that it built in him and just equal character if not more is something that i admire but it's messed up so going back to dlo and um yeah there's a lot of awareness that that i wanted to bring there and so dlo while our first campaign is immigration it is something that we dream about one day holding many many causes and one of the things that really excites me and puts a grin on my face is that i'm sure there will be a day when we support opposing causes but at the mm. end of the day we all have to wear clothes mm, right there is a that's the humanity and, and i think it ties so closely to what christ is like the humanity that we live in is the reality in which we live in there is the sanctification process and, and becoming more like him as we grow in life but the quicker we're the quicker we we understand the state in which we in the different causes that we support the different things we want to bring awareness to the closer we can you know come together and i'm not promising world peace by no means through an apparel brand but um but to that be a way to connect someone and what they bought and are wearing to a social cause. Yeah. And I love that for a lot of reasons, but there that's so much in, in alignment with our heartbeat here of bringing people on and, and just, we're not, you know, this argumentative podcast, but we just want to bring awareness and we might not understand or even believe in, not that we don't believe in our guests, but just yeah. <laughs> that you talking about opposing causes basically right. is what I'm saying. Like there's going to be things and I'm sure in the future, even more so that we, we just want to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And just because it's different than you doesn't make it wrong. Doesn't make it bad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you just don't know enough to make an informed decision. So yeah. you just never know. Yeah. It's really hard whenever, there's multiple moments where I have conversations with, with people and they're really fired up about a topic or, or against a topic and, um, and, and they talk and they talk. And my first question that I ask not to, you know, rock them or whatever, but I re it's a curiosity. It's who's the first person that you know who's dealing with this? And a lot of times people don't have that connection. And so that's an opportunity to say, you know, how dare us, how dare me, how dare anyone, like, talk about something that you're not connected to. Get connected, find someone who's dealing in that situation, yeah. be compassionate, listen, mm -hmm. learn, and then you can formulate your opinions. And at the end of the day, they're still your opinions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so many of us really like to talk um, opinionated-based because it's often a threat to what we believe. But we're not on this earth to believe the same thing right? We're, we're here to experience the different ways in which you see a painting, a car, listen to a music. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of us draw very different things out of this life. And the first thing that, that I'm quick to, to, to run to is understanding and connecting with those people. And so I don't, the last thing I would want to ever be is a sumptuous of something and not have someone, not be connected to someone who is, who's going through, through that yeah. So dialing it back to your childhood, can you kind of speak into growing up Hispanic and what would probably be a predominantly white suburb? Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I've shared a little bit yes. about my childhood, but it wa I wasn't in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I was in Western Kansas and it was a very, very small town feel. So can it's you, so, yeah, it's, and, and I'm just, I'm still like, my heart is breaking for fifth grade Saul that you <laughs> deserved this honor and didn't get it because of that. And it's not, it wasn't like a, a hate derived choice. Sure. And like, as an adult, you can be really pragmatic about yeah, it and be I like, mean, well, that makes sense because secret service was there. You know, like processes. Yeah. But whatever. it's just like, 
oh, it's right. It loses the humanity. Oh process, process, and regulation often can suck the humanity out of why That's we're That's what that. I was just like thinking. I'm like, had that process not been in play, or even let it be in play, had that gotten to Laura Bush, a woman, a mother, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no way in my mind she would have allowed right. it. Right. She would have exactly. said that young yes. man is to be here. Right. So that's exactly what yes. I was thinking. Like it just infuriates me. Oh, it's gonna make me cry. I know. No, I just, just like, like the injustice that mm-hmm. these processes yeah. and laws or whatever that are in place that are not correct. They're not helping yeah. to bridge these gaps and they're not helping humanity. Yeah. Yeah. They're and they're just they're old, they're outdated, they're wrong. Uh-huh. And that, I mean, yeah. I just, that's all I can it's think about. It's just so evident it's, that it's, it, it hurts the children. Yeah. It hurts them. Like, and no matter how you cut it, mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah. And, and I can understand now, you know, the, the fury that my mom had and tried oh, to shield yeah. in that moment. Um, she's a very righteous woman. She pursues <laughs> righteousness and, and rightness done. Um, but yeah, growing up, growing up Hispanic in Kansas City in the suburbs of Kansas City, which is. Weirdly enough, you know, I don't know how we moved to Johnson County, but that is like something that's very, um, so anyway, moving here and uh, having that uh, experience was interesting because at that point there wasn't a lot of ESL. There's not a lot of ESL programs in elementary school in, in this time. And that's in- English, English as, as a second, second language. language. Okay. Right. I just, so in I case didn't anybody have, didn't know what that was. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I. I didn't have a lot of teachers who knew Spanish or learned Spanish, and I didn't know a lick of English. Oh, you and didn't at all? No, right. And, and that's so very I, similar to Lisa's story that mm-hmm. we shared many weeks back yeah. that she... I was submerged yeah. into, you have to learn English. Wow. And so that um, that was hard, but at the same time, it, I think it helped me develop quick learning skills and, and understanding. Um, not to say that the system now in places is wrong, but no, I think it's, it's very beneficial and I wouldn't want anyone to go through what I had to go through. Um, How old were you? When I was, so I, I started going to preschool. So I was in okay. fourth I was four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Um, we lived in heavily Hispanic apartment complexes all my life. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the families had kids and a lot of them also were my age very quickly, my mom realized that these people were probably these kids were probably not going to be the influences that I wanted in my life as far as pursuing education and um, wanting to 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 be a top of, of the class or even just like go ahead and far in life, quote unquote. Like, I think as an immigrant parent, you do want to see your kids succeed, and you know, I wasn't really given the option of I want to go study liberal arts, right? But you have to put, contextualize it. They they don't want you to live the life that they lived in their in their native country, mm-hmm. and it's not that they want to live vicariously through you. They just don't want that. They don't want to see you struggle. They don't want to see you in pain. So often, these degrees that are high pay rewards are are the doctors, are the engineers, are the lawyers, um, and I never once was pushed that way. I was only heavily told that I was good at math and science. So they weren't like lying at it. Cause trust me, I would have been a soccer player and my mom pulled me out six and She was like, you're decent at best. You're going to have to like <laughs> stick to robotics, stick to tech cl- like club, because that's, what's going to get you, you know, what you want in life. And so I thank God for my mom every day. She's the mother I needed like for a hundred percent. But because of that growing up, I was told, you know, they're not going to be your friends. They're not going to be your influence. Don't. I would sit and do homework as I would see like my Hispanic friends in the neighborhood, like play outside, like all afternoon. And at the moment it was really hard and, and painful, but looking back, I'm so glad that I was able to go through that, see that and realize life is sacrifice. Like as much as there is equity and equality in spaces, there is a level of work. You are going to have to sacrifice mm-hmm. some things. Um, you are going to have to say no to something, no to the fun in order to do the work, but then see the potential and what that investment is going to look like. So I, needless to say, hung around with a lot of white people, uh, a lot of white friends. And over the years, that created a very big chasm between my Hispanic friends and I. 
mm-hmm. and they would either be like, you know, you think you're you think you're white, you think you're you're whitewashed, like you don't speak like this, you don't dress like us. And even more in high school, I went to a high school that was not in my zone. So I went to a very predominantly white high school, but they had the engineering program that I got accepted into. And so I would live that reality there in school. I would have those friends hang out at lunch. But then after school, they lived in these areas that I couldn't even mm. fathom <laughs> stepping into. <laughs> and I'd come back to my, uh, you know, the apartment complex that I was a part of. And, oh my gosh, like, trust me, I, I, I struggle with humility. And that was something that from that age, I had to be reminded, like, no, that doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you more important. Like, these are still all people. Mm-hmm. Um but it was always constantly like, yeah, I can hang on both ends, but no one really fully understands both cultures enough for me to straddle that culture. So it was hard. I think even college accentuated more of that. Um, Hispanic from the suburbs <laughs> of Kansas City versus um, a Hispanic from, you know, downtown Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I just... Well. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions, but unfortunately, we don't have a whole lot of time left with you. All right. So, uh, and I feel like we just are at the very, very tip of the iceberg <laughs> yes. here. So, maybe we need to have like deep conversations with Saul um, as like a, maybe you could be, uh, be a regular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we move on to our rapid fire questions, uh, so you have DLO, the clothing company, you told yes. us the heart behind it. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to share about that or, and, and like how people can find you and yeah. that sort of information? So right now we're definitely in a uh, construction zone phase and um, I just recently bought a house and so that's been taking up some priority. Congrats, by Thank the way. You. Yeah. Thank so you. Exciting. So exciting. Uh, and so you know, work, there's opportunities for, for me to continue, um, in my career advancement. Uh, and so I've been focusing on that as well. So that's something that I I don't consider DLO a hobby. Um, it's something that maybe one day I will leave engineering altogether. Um, but if it's, if I were to do that right now, if I had to, I would devote my entire, you know, effort to, to giving to DLO, um, because the, the idea of meeting people, meeting their stories, hearing about them, connecting them to yeah. apparel, getting them input into the design, getting them input into who they want to connect, um, where the proceeds go to. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's awesome. Right now, engineering is funding a lot of that. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, that's the leverage that I can have. And, yeah. um, but yeah, online, uh, DLO garments, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, DLOgarments.com is also uh, live and you can see a bit more about the heart of what we do. Um, and then, yeah, stay tuned for the next drop, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> next campaign. Um, chances are we'll continue on the immigration story. And exclusively here, um, the the next campaign will really focus on connecting you, the the buyer, to your immigration story. And out of that... How do you design something that's particular to yours? Um, so it will take a little bit of homework, but I yeah. think I love the idea of engaging people with what they buy, um, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I had to do research about this, this, and this. And now I have a, a product that I can show that I too am an immigrant in this country. You know, the the only people who can't say that are Native Americans. And if you can do that, then let's do a non-immigrant line. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, contextualize it in the way of, um, of 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 everyone has an immigrant story. Yeah, so cool. Yes, thank you for sharing with of us. Of course, I feel yes. I feel like I'm just like ready for so much more. Oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but such is life. We have other responsibilities and places to be. So we're gonna move into our next part, which. As you've heard probably before, we have three questions, and they're called rapid fire, but they're usually not quick. But we have about 10 minutes or so to wrap this up, so we can kind of go from there. So, do you have Sweet. them ready? Sure. Can't wait. Okay. You want me to, to, say be, the first to be fair yes. to all the listeners, I have not 
seen or heard these questions. I never so. hear them either. And so half the time, <laughs> I never have an answer because I'm right. really bad at coming up on the spot. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So the first one, what uh, is the most profound experience you've ever had with a stranger? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Okay. The first one just came to mind. Ooh. And it happened like two, three weeks ago. Um I had to leave my car at the shop, so I was Ubering places, and I was actually over at, at Jason's house one night, and I Ubered from his house to mine, which is about 20 minutes, 25, and I was really debating asking him to take me a ride or getting my parents. Anyway, I I ended up getting this ride, and I remember saying, like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I can just, like, sit back, close my eyes, and relax, and Jason laughed, because he's like, yeah, right. We'll see <laughs> how long that lasts. <laughs> Well, because I was really tired and just like exhausted and surely, nope, immediately conversation starts. And um, we got talking about kind of just the son mother relationship and just like agreeing with one another and honoring and that conversation. And um, out of nowhere, I get these things where I'll say something and realize, oh, my gosh, that was good. Like, it's not even something that I previously had thought about. But in the moment I was saying, you know, honor, honor doesn't necessarily mean agreement and you can still honor someone and your a parent and a son and vice versa and not agree. Mm-hmm. It's that honor has a component, component of respect that I think a lot of us don't understand. So anyway, not to get really deep, but that she then like almost stops the car and says like, I needed to hear that today. She's like, God Aww. clearly puts you in my life. Cause I needed to hear that today. And she's like, I, I immediately don't regret coming all the way over here for this Uber drive. Um, but yeah, there's just those moments that, I don't know. It reminds me, like, we're, we're God's vessels. Like, we are His yeah. to be yeah. used. And even when my will was to shut up and just, like, decompress for the day, God had other ideas. So, <laughs> it just felt good. awesome. So, yeah. so cool. Do you think of Love one it. yet? I did. Oh, yay. Go ahead. Yay. <laughs> I'm not the last. Um, one of my favorites, um, I often will be, like, grocery shopping or whatever, and... If I get the, you know, you're standing in line and people are checking out and there's been a couple of times in my life I've had the prompting of like, you need to pay for their groceries. Mm. And so that happened one particular day. There was a lady in front of me and she, you know, they bring up all of her stuff and then she obviously didn't have enough money. So she was taking things out one by one and whatever. And I finally just said, ma'am, can I please pay for these for you? I'd love to do that. And she, of course, is, oh, my goodness, you don't need to. And I said, no, I really want to. And she's like, thank you so much. And I gave her a hug. And she goes on her way. So they check my stuff out. And then I am go and I'm loading my car. And the lady behind me comes up to me. And she said, I have never witnessed anything like that in my life. The, just the selfless act and the love that you showed in that. She's like just changed my heart today. Mm. And I remember driving away thinking that, you know, hopefully God was blessing that woman that had paid for her groceries. But I don't know that that was the case. Yeah, And that just, is just such a reminder that these conversations we have or these acts of kindness or whatever, maybe intended or you think it's intended for one or the person in the room mm-hmm. when in fact like what god can do with it is way more yeah than what we see and Absolutely. what we think yep. and so i will always remember that and it was probably one of those things where you were thinking that you were blessing the person in front of you when in fact it was yeah. what was going on behind exactly. you. So that's really mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Ours, uh, ours, mine is that I don't think mine's nearly as like incredible as either of yours. <laughs> don't downplay. <clears throat> Jacob and I were in Indiana at a winery and the kids were really little and we were, um, we used to like drive through the state of Indiana and um, pop through all the way down because we have family throughout the state. And so it was in between families and we stopped there and we grabbed Subway for lunch. And then we just like had a picnic at the winery and let the kids play. And the boys were really, really little. And next to the pond is a family that looks exactly like us. And so I don't want to like go up and be like, Hey, do you adopt your kids? But you know, that was kind of just like, it kept like 
nagging at me similar to what you're saying and so i i it just kind of the kids started playing together and then it obviously came up and we it was just really really cool and we've been connected online ever since and i feel like we just have this cool unspoken rapport Mm. and it feels like we've known each other forever because of like that underlying adoption Mm -hmm. connection that's incredible that's so cool okay next one and we we got to keep chugging along here where is your secret hideout oh it would be it wouldn't be so secret now is it (laughs) well honestly honestly nowadays my car that's what i was gonna say i like there if, if you see me pulled in a driveway and just like can't i'm not getting out it's because that's my safe space don't i know leave it alone it's just so quiet yes yeah i love same it same for you mm-hmm. car oh that's pretty tough or the too. shower which that probably doesn't sound good but it also is the only other the place bath. where you can lock the door like the sound of the water drowns everything out so or the movie theaters yeah, not I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like bath for me, maybe. Or um, there's been a lot of times where I just come and sit in this room, in the podcast room, which I feel like so many amazing conversations have happened here and so many great ideas have been born here. But I just love the view of looking out this window. And so a lot of times I'll just sit on that white couch and just mm, like stare, it, just look out That's and just amazing. take a beat. So, all right, last one. Last one. This is a good one. What is one fact every friend should know about you? Ooh. Hmm. I don't want you to ever be misguided by all the maybe flashy things that I know I can be around or or emulate. Whether it's like how I dress or what I drive or I or accomplishments or whatever. Like I desire to be known. I love questions, interest. And it's really, it's really funny right now because there's new people in our lives coming in in our family. And, uh, you know, my sisters are always just like, they're just so intimidated of you. And it's like, why? Like, <laughs> I, I get that. I'm not going to stop that creative process of like showing, you know, displaying that. Cause I, but I don't, I don't want people to, uh to like yield to that i think they want to i want them to see more to that and to not quote unquote this intimidation factors yeah i i don't care to use it yeah and i will probably like be so much quicker to lay it down for us to make a connection that's fantastic Mm -hmm. do you know yours no (laughs) (laughs) i think mine is that we anyone who knows us locally knows that we constantly host things and a lot of times i've been given comments like oh you've got to be so exhausted or you know this or that or how do you maintain this or are you sure you don't just want to have quiet well the coolest one of the coolest like top five god moments i've had was when we were looking at this property and we were walking around it and it was at a price point that we absolutely could not afford. So we knew we were going to have to offer a pretty low offer. And I was just like pacing the, like out in the backyard around Mm -hmm. and just praying and just like talking to God. And he was like, this will be your house and you will have a revolving door on this house. Mm. And so often when people are like, can I have my kid's birthday party here? Can I have my my birthday party here? Can I do this here, mm-hmm. that here? The answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. Because I would be spitting in the face of one of the biggest gifts mm-hmm. that God gave me. And it was to have a revolving door on this house. Now, am I, am I ever going to like put us in a situation that would overextend us or like harm my family? Mm-hmm. No. But it's just the, that is my, always going to be my answer, even when we're not here. Because why not use it? It's a, an amazing space that we got a really good deal on and we've made it our own and uh, it's a revolving door. Yeah. But I love your answer that's too. So. That's, no, it's so, <laughs> I that's lo- something I that like I, I think I've always like admired of you because it's something that I want. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I just got weird si- tangent, but I got the keys last week and that was the first time that I was alone in it. Oh. Like once the realtor dropped by, Previously, like literally walked through had like eight people. Yeah. I had all like my sisters, their boyfriends, my parents. Yeah. Alexa was there and 
so it was always buzzing like the last mm. three times that i went this time was the first time i was alone and immediately like loneliness was like the first thing that came to mind oh and i was like i did all of that for this like in the moment right yeah unrealistic mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be living there alone but like i i and that's something that i've always feared like you know we we live in a in a culture where we want our homes and we want these big homes or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like three people live here like why yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know as a, coming from a person that lived with five people in a two-bedroom apartment with a bathroom like what <laughs> like so i you know when i when i first met you guys like i i loved that that you guys were so open with with your property and it's something that i've always secretly loved and oh, and want for you. myself as well yeah oh, thank you it's a beautiful thing it's a house yeah. of love love it what's yours um i don't know probably um i would say that i just i'm an empath is that the right word and i love really hard so you do um yeah i don't know i try just to use that gift the best that i can i guess um and hope that all my people know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, however God can use that through me. We when every I feel like everybody knows that. <laughs> and knows that just like you the way that you love is so precious and so uh you it's it's amazing. Like you just show up and you're there and you will love others before loving yourself, which yeah. I feel like I know you're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> on a better balance there. But you just—that was something it's, that I immediately yeah. knew about you. It's genuine. Mm-hmm. You can see. Yeah, you, and there's you don't no, have anything to win, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not to gain anything or to leverage a friendship or whatever. It's yeah. just you. Yeah. So it's Thanks, wonderful. Guys. Okay, well, we do need to wrap up due to time, but thank you so much for being of here. Of course, thank you. you. Certainly awesome. cannot be the last no, time. No, it will not. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this has been fun. Next time and we might uh, need to get our co-founder in here, too. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, That'll too. That'll be a three-hour episode. We, yeah, <laughs> we had to break it in slowly. <laughs> we had to get our feet wet with right. Yes. Oh so, and just thanks for authentically sharing about your life and your childhood and your this beautiful thing that you're creating and yes. and the purpose behind it too yeah. and i just, I just get to wonderful get and to witness god use that pen i'm just peering over to see what he's writing <laughs> i can't wait yeah. yes. i can't wait yeah well we i love you both and i um, just wish all the best things to come thank and so you. excited yeah. to see thank where you. that goes so until next time everyone Keep Keep it it ridiculously imperfect. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. Become a member of our Ridiculously Imperfect lifestyle by visiting us on Patreon. Sign up and receive special member-only benefits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast. If you love what you've heard, please give us a review and a five-star rating. Your reviews make our hearts smile. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is the one and only Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Comes studios until next time keep it ridiculously imperfect imperfect.